This is the Stuff You Missed, Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here is your host for the Stuff You Missed Podcast, Dennis Cox. Coming up on today's show, more discussions revolving around Cam Newton. The Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice. And what was it like to test positive for one PGA Pro? There were more discussions and reactions to Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots on a one-year deal this past Sunday. Hayes Permar and Josh Goodson of Sports Channel 8, the radio show, who are filling in for Adam Gold this week, talked about how New England and Carolina are set to face one another in the upcoming preseason, but also wonder if that game really does have any importance. If Cam's the the second string, he'll probably get the the second half reps. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Jared Stidham will play the first half, and then Cam will come in the third quarter and and play the rest of the game. Why do we still have preseason games? I don't know. What? What? We won't this year. Wouldn't a pandemic be a perfect excuse to get rid of it and then just not have them in the future? Whenever whenever the fourth game of preseason literally to everyone became a game that does not matter and no one cares about, that should have been the end of all preseason. Right. But the fact that it's on the schedule and everyone knows that this game doesn't count. 90% 90% of the people you see on the field won't be playing next week. They should have ended it then. But Josh Goodson. Gambling. You can, you can still bet You can still bet on that fourth preseason game. You don't have to be able to name a player fourth in the lineup. Pre, fourth preseason overs are hot, baby. <laughs> and why not bet on preseason games? We bet on anything else? Preseason gambling is uh, – that's we, we need to just say list of – the most like degenerate, the, like the top of, yes. ten degenerate. The most degenerate. And NFL preseason might not even make it because we've seen some things during the pandemic that, that have just taken it to another level. Korean baseball, three, first first five inning unders. Three on three Russian professional basketball. I didn't even know it existed, much less yeah. you could bet on it. That makes betting on preseason football games uh, Normal. seem actually sane. ESPN's Booger McFarlane was on with Golik and Wingo, and he talks about adjustments made by both Cam and the Patriots for one another. I still don't think that, that New England is getting Cam Newton to say, you know what, man, Cam can be the second coming of Tom Brady, be accurate underneath, throw the football with timing and accuracy, and make good decisions. Like, you're not getting Cam Newton to be Tom Brady-esque. You're getting Cam Newton because the new NFL says we're going to spread it out, okay? We're going to go Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson type, Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be RPOs. We're going to get our quarterback in space, and we're going to allow the field to be spread and hope we can make plays that way. Like, that's the new NFL. That's what everybody is trying to get to. ESPN's injury expert Stefania Bell was also on with Golik and Wingo, and she says which past injury, the foot or the shoulder, is most concerning for Cam. Well, it would be the shoulder, and I'll tell you why. Most throwers, you assume, have a shoulder injury related to overuse. They throw repetitively. It breaks down over time. That's the reason for the injury. That was not the reason for the injury in Cam's case. Do you remember um, when he was partway through the the last season, 2018, where he had uh, issues with that shoulder? It was often due to contact. Cam plays only one way, as you know. And he's a guy who I think has one of the highest percentages of goal line sneak touchdowns in the league, and he's known for extending his arm through a pile to get that first down or to get a score, and often landing on an outstretched arm is a really good way to damage your shoulder. Bell provides more as to why the shoulder is a concern. If you go back to the original injury for his shoulder, it was when he was trying to make a tackle after throwing an interception. So it's 
the nature of how his shoulder was injured that makes you concerned that that could be the problem. If you look at his concussion history, it was often because he was taking big hits. I mean, to the extent that we were often wondering, was there enough? Uh, were the penalties being called appropriately with all the hits to Cam? So I think when you come to his physical play, you worry more about head and shoulder because for quarterbacks, typically how head and shoulder injuries happen is in being tackled and taken to the ground. This is stuff you missed the best of 99.9 The Fan. Stefan Gabell also discussed the rapidly evolving knowledge of COVID-19. The thing that I keep hearing is, you know, we talk about this novel coronavirus, meaning it's new and details are emerging constantly. The science changes daily. I can barely keep up with the new, uh, you know, it, the literature that's coming out quickly, uh, which isn't always necessarily the best conducted because it's being conducted rapidly and without peer review. But people are trying to absorb information and learn on the fly as much as possible, and the NFL is no different. She also brings up how plans are ever-changing. As much as they have these plans and goals in place, they also understand that everything is fluid and subject to change up until the last minute. So for me, I look at where we are. We're not quite to July. You're talking about players returning July 28th. There's a lot that can happen in four weeks if you just look four weeks back. And so uh, would I be surprised if things got delayed? Not at all. Would I be surprised if they gathered for camp but the season got delayed? Not at all. Because we just don't know how this is going to proceed. Booger McFarland believes players will not opt out. I don't. Uh, I think a more likely scenario is everybody's going to show up. Everybody's going to try to give it their best foot, and, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, no one knows what the virus is going to do, especially when the weather turns in the fall. And, oh, by the way, football is played in the fall. So we'll see where it goes. But I got to think most football players are kind of like me and you. Like if, if someone told me, hey, here are the issues, and, you know, I got three or four, five, six million dollars on the table – I'm going to show up and go play. And then if something happens and I have to make an adjustment, I'll make the adjustment, but I'm not going to live in fear. ESPN's Buster Oney on Golik and Wingo wonders that there's going to be peer pressure amongst those in Major League Baseball. What I've heard from players is is that players um, are concerned. Um, they respect uh, the decisions of their peers, guys like Ryan Zimmerman, we heard Ian Desmond. You know, I, I do think people in the sport are wondering about Mike Trout. You know, he was, uh, you know, out front at the outset of this when he talked about how uh, his wife is pregnant and, and uh, if it were something to be take, away, take him away from, from her, it wasn't something that he was going to be comfortable with. Um, and I do think that, the, you know, the peer pressure will manifest itself more when the teams get together. Only wonders if top players such as Mike Trout do not participate if others will follow suit. I do think that Trout would be the biggest name uh, that, in terms of withdrawing. And, again, I have no information that that's the case. Uh, that would get a lot of attention to the sport. It's kind of like you guys remember when we were going through the Astros science-dealing stuff and C.C. Sebastian said some things and some other players said, said some things. And I know privately the Astros were kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you, it's only because you lost. And then Mike Trout said something, and then everyone shut up. <laughs> Because he's a figure of such credibility within the sport. So I do think that he, generally speaking, is the leader. But I don't think the withdrawal of one or two players is necessarily going to lead to a wave. Michael Licksinger says money will be a factor. 
And now the reality check again in sports, our little world of so much that is was going to go on in July. And I do, I still think it's going to go on, yeah. but I think you may get more players than you think that are really thinking long and hard about, do I really, really want to do this? And money will be a big part of it, especially no in baseball question. when you're talking the start of the season, even though it's 60 of 162, they're making 37% of their salary. It's still going to have some input in there, but I do think it is, it is about reality check time because – the runway is short. It's time to start lifting off, and who's who's going to all be on board for this? Yeah. PGA Tour pro Nick Watney also joined Golick and Winger this morning. Watney talks about testing positive for COVID nineteen. COVID wasn't a part of our world. I would have, I mean, I definitely would have. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I didn't feel sick. I didn't have a fever. No cough. But I checked this. The I wear a whoop strap, and the the data from that showed that my respiratory rate was had gone up uh, about 25% from its normal rate, um, which I didn't know upon waking up. I mean, I didn't wasn't short of breath. Um, again, I, I mean, I went to the nurse after noticing this, and she gave me, took my temperature with a thermometer, and then they had a, um, like a thermal scanner that we walked through to get onto the course. Um, and the, and the and the guy just waved me through. You know, I had no fever. So, um, due to the the elevated respiratory rate from the whoop, um, that's why I ended up getting a test. Watney also discusses the testing protocols on the PGA. The tour recommends a a ten day isolation, and then once you complete that, then you can, um, if you if you so choose, you can go to the next event and um, go back into the testing protocol. Um, I'm not going to play, uh, this week because, um, you know, I'd rather, I, it's been a slightly scary situation, not in terms of how I was feeling, just, uh, it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind and I surely was not expecting it. So I'm going to head home, but, uh, under the tour protocol, a 10 day isolation, and then you can head, um, to the next event. Dennis Cox here with you. This is Stuff You Missed, the best of 99.9 The Fan. Thanks once again for tuning in this evening. On the other side, the Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice. Head coach Rob Brindamore joined Hayes Permar and Josh Goodson, while Vincent Trocek joined the OG. Hear all that and more coming up next. Even though the NHL has been in Phase 2, the Carolina Hurricanes have now opened up PNC Arena for voluntary workouts for players. Up to 12 members of the team are allowed to be on the ice at one time, but no coaches can be present and up to six players can be in the gym at one time. Hayes Permar and Josh Goodson from Sports Channel 8, who were sitting in for Adam Gold on the Adam Gold Show this week, talked about the Canes coming back to practice. And then coaches are not allowed to participate or even observe, I believe. No coaches, no trainers. So that's yeah. one of the things we'll talk to Rod Brendamore about is what value is he going to get out of these workouts and how do you do it? I mean, do you tape them? Do you call the guys on the red squad and be like, hey, what were the guys on the white squad doing? And then who call keeps the guys him on the from white not squad. Be- I want to know who literally would keep him from not being there. Um, well, I, I, Rod Brendamore seems like a man of honor. Right, if he's right. asked not to be Come there. On. Can he put on a, like a mask and wig and sit there? If, they, if the organ were still up there, he could sit up there and pretend like he was playing the organ and just watch. The head coach, Rod Brendamore, joined the guys, and he gave his viewpoint on these practices. I'm viewing this, you know, phase or whatever it is uh, until we get July 10th, which is, I guess, the opening day of camp. This is kind of still the guys' off season, and, and it's their time. 
And so, what, you know, the, the, the hard part with it is, you know, there's always precautions, and obviously we have to take. And so me not being around is just precautionary. That's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, we're trying to limit the amount of people and exposure to sure. these guys. It's obvious to give them the best chance to, you know, stay healthy. And you just that's why the league's doing it this way, and I have no problem with that. Uh puts a lot of stress on the staff and everything to try to, you know, all the protocols they have to follow. But if it just means me staying away is all they're asking, um, you know, that's that's not too much to ask. Rod explains why he's encouraged players to stay home as long as they can. I actually told the guys not to come back unless they felt they needed to. Um, because, you know, stay at home as long as they could. So, meaning we, we start the 10th. I was happy to have guys show up on the 9th um, just because I, I'm wanting them and expecting to, you know, we're going to go at this, do it right, and it's going to be three months in a lockdown, and they need to spend every minute with their families sure. they can. And, and once we get here, you know, that's, you know, we want to do it. Like I say, do it right. And so um, as long as they had a good facility and we're, you know, staying in shape, then I, I was happy for the guys to stay away. And, you know, we still had 16 guys show up. So um be interesting to see in July 10th where everybody is, but that's really when it, it kind of starts. Rod talks about how hard it's going to be to win the Cup this year. I don't think you could ever put an asterisk beside winning this because of the grind that's going to happen here in the next three months if if, if we get, you know, hopefully get, get to play. Um, whoever wins it is going to earn it. So I'll, I'll say that because sure. – it's not a tournament. It's not a, you know, I had to win four games to win it, you know, get hot for a week or, you know what I mean? This is, yep. you, you got to go out and get it done. Um, so I, I would say no to that about an asterisk. Uh, is it, you know, we can debate it all we want on, you know, was, is it the right format and this and that, but, but at the end of the day, whoever does win this is going to, is going to earn it. He also discusses having most of his players available. What do you do? Right. I think we're, it's a great problem to have. Obviously we got, you know, too many guys right now the, the two and many nhl players that can play and I, I i really can't answer that until these two weeks are up or not these two i guess after our training camp july 10th starts and then see where everybody is before we head into that playing round or whatever you call it because i got to play the best guys right i just you, you got to play who's looks the best in camp and who's ready to go and um, not necessarily the best players, even. You know what I mean? I mean, it's if they're not quite up to speed, you just can't wait, can't wait around. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a couple weeks to try to figure all that out. Rod talks more about getting everyone on the same page. Obviously, those additions we made at the trade deadline were to get us in the playoffs and and then have a playoff run. Um, you know, we didn't expect some of these guys back. You know, Dougie obviously. So. He will be in the game. I can pretty much guarantee you that, unless something else happens. But uh, the, the rest of the lineup is kind of kind of to be determined after the the camp we have. The NASCAR Cup Series is headed to Indianapolis Motor Speedway this Sunday for the Big Machine Hand Sanitizer 400, and you can listen to all the action right here on 99.9 The Fan. The green flag drops at 4 p.m., and you can tune into the race on your radio on the WREL Sports Fan app or on any smart speaker by telling it to play 99.9 The Fan. That way you won't miss one second of the action. NASCAR coverage on 99.9 The Fan is thanks to our friends at John Heaster Chrysler Dodge Jeep in Lillington. Carolina Hurricanes center Vincent Trocek joined the OG this afternoon, and he shared what it was like to be back on the ice with teammates. Oh, it was great. I've been itching to kind of get back for a long time, so to finally have something that's kind of formally run and be out there on the ice and 
have a little bit of an end in sight where we know we're going to play is exciting. Trocek also shared what it was like to be traded to Carolina just to have the season stopped. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, definitely there's, I don't think there's ever been anything that's happened like this in our league. So, uh, yeah, I got traded. I mean, we were on the road for pretty much the entire time I was here playing. And then um, season gets canceled. I come back to Raleigh and then everyone goes home. So it's, and I've just kind of stuck around here, been waiting around, hoping that the season's starting back up. So uh, it's good to finally have people coming back. Trocek also said what it was like to train during the pandemic. And we really don't have any way to train from home. It's it's kind of you either have ice or you don't. And when you don't have ice, it's really hard to stay in hockey shape. I mean, you can do all you want. Um, but once you get back on the ice, it's, it's a whole other type of conditioning. Um what I've been doing is basically just doing my best to stay, stay in shape, uh, riding the bike, uh, lifting weights. I, I have like a shooting area in my driveway that I shoot pucks and stick handle and stuff like that. Um, really, that's it. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do when you're not on the ice. Cam Newton posted a message on his YouTube channel yesterday debunking the message that the Carolina Panthers have put out saying it was a mutual split between the two parties. Joe Ovius points out how it's not the first time we've heard that. It tracks, Julio. I mean, the way it worked out with Greg Olson, who's now with the Seahawks, they said it was a mutual parting of ways. Greg Olson did an interview on WFNZ shortly after that in Charlotte saying, eh, it wasn't really mutual. They told me I didn't really have a role here. So, yeah, I guess it's mutual in that you go, okay, cool, I guess I'll do something else. The Panthers, without saying it out loud, but saying it to their players, they're in rebuild mode. We don't want you here. We want to change the locker room. We want to change the identity of this of this program, and that can't happen as long as Cam Newton's in the building. Yeah, the Panthers hit the reset button and just didn't have the courage to say it publicly. Yeah. Joe Giglio points out how Matt Rule has been a bit more candid over the last couple of months. I do feel like since the draft, I, th- I feel like we've seen a little bit more of Matt Rule on some of these Zooms. He's been a little bit more in explainer mode, mm-hmm. a little more transparency mode. But, yeah, from the from the jump there, when they hired him, Joe, they're paying him $7 million a year. Like, yeah, I expect He's not it. coming in and going to clean up and, and try to, like, you know, make make do with what he had. He's coming in and trying to build the thing on his own, and that's which is fine. what he did at Temple and Baylor. That's, I know it's different. It's, it is different building it's up. Different. It's different. It's different building up two college programs. Joe Ovia says this is much different than a college program and how Matt Rule might face some tougher questions. There's a lot of skeptical, like, well, what are you doing here? What's the plan? You really want to get rid of Cam Newton? Why is that? What do you, you know, you're, you just mentioned it. You're making $7 million a year. You've got a long contract. Okay, what is your plan? And you can't hold it so close to the vest if you're, you're or your your bib, which is what he was wearing at Baylor, can't hold it so close to your bib, then without results. Because what ends up happening is, you're a few losses away from becoming Matt Patricia. You're a few losses away of Adam Gase. You've been listening to the Stuff You Missed, Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast with host Dennis Cox. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs every weeknight at 6.30 after Adam and Joe on 99.9 The Fan.